0: Yo, what's good everybody? It's Jet Black Extreme, and we're back at it again with the continuation of the Rick and Morty Extreme Review. We're going to be talking about Season 4 this time, and with me today we got Cokie. guts How are you doing today, sir?
1: Man, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Getting a chance to go ahead and finish up on this Rick and Morty a little bit, man. Like, whew. So much of a wild adventure, right?
0: Oh yeah, indeed.
1: And without further ado let's go ahead and zone
0: in on it now season four honestly was kind of a blur to me but revisiting the whole season i kind of see how it was a little hit and miss for me after season three but there were some episodes that definitely stood out for me and you're gonna find out as we um go deeper into this part of the review uh Season 4 does start with episode 1, Edge of to Morty, Rick Die Repeat. This is the episode where it was about the death crystal. It's where Morty finds a, a little shard of the death crystal and wanted to play out his destiny with Jessica by any and all means. Like, no matter how reckless his actions were, like, even as far as killing innocent people, you know, the well, unarmed people at best, yeah. <laughs> and while this was happening, Rick was going into different dimensions, like with different versions of himself. And he was just trying to get back home, but he ended up going up, uh, meeting people like uh, Fascist Rick, uh, Wasp Rick, and, you know, other versions of them. So, yeah, that was going on. Cook, uh, how do you feel about season one?
1: I mean, excuse
2: me.
0: <laughs> uh, season so four premiere.
1: So season four premiere wasn't bad. I mean, considering the fact that season three finale ended so kind of lackluster, this was a little bit step up. Uh, was it like it definitely was not like a hook? It was not the hook that season three premiere had. And be honest on that one, but it still had a pretty decent one. Um, as far as this like critical review, it felt like they just copied over with do, using the whole DSX mocking the thing with uh, Morty going just overpowered everybody military everything like nobody stood a chance against him and he just wants to everything about jessica everything about jessica it really just (laughs) it it puts so much of that aspect of okay dude you're doing too much like bruh chill out like chill out the world does not revolve around jessica everybody ain't got to die but jessica (laughs) but now granted what he did though was legit. Was like legit funny though. <laughs> the way he was going about. I think the favorite, the best thing to me that he did was the me-seeks, where Homeboy just pop like literally like the military shows up. And he just like he just turns around, pops out two Mises boxes, and just like tap 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 tap. tap. Yeah. Like, yes, just like yes, Master. He says annihilate them, and you like holy fuck. That's the bull's ball shit I've ever seen. <laughs>
2: Bruh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Like, he, he did. He went straight boss onto it. It's just, they really watered it down that it was all about Jessica type of thing. It's like, had it been, like, let's just say Morty decided to get mad, snapped, and just wanted to kill everybody type of thing, that would have made this even better. But just pushing it all on Jessica made it so lackluster. It was just, it was one of those moments of, like, uh...
0: <laughs> See, can I just say that, first of all, this just further proves that Morty is becoming more like Rick by each season to where from his personality to even his combat sense to where he's just proficient with Rick's gadgets to where he just uh, used his gadgets to fairly good use, honestly. Like, he's getting better with them. And th- that goes to show when he used those me 6 bosses and those other gadgets that he had uh, with them. Um, and he wasn't even really paying attention to... What was really going on, like he was so focused on dying with Je- Jessica. Excuse me, uh, kind of slurring my words. Mm.
2: <laughs> he was so
0: concerned with dying with De- Jessica that he wasn't really paying attention to the bullies that was coming after him or the military. Really, it was more like he was just following along with whatever the death crystal was trying to guide him to. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Pretty much, and Pretty much. not only that. I will also say this further solidifies my idea to where if you were to put Rick and Morty in a Dungeons and Dragons setting, both of them would be artificers. Well, I would say Morty would be an artificer, maybe multi-class with a wizard.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: I can see it, Mm. that's all I'm
1: saying. I can see it too, I can see it too. It's definitely one of those things that's like, huh. Huh. Okay. Because
0: the way he can use the gadgets just tells me that he can at least be an artificer.
1: That is true. That is true. I, I agree on that. Now, I do want to talk about the B storyline, the other storyline into it too, with um, Rick meeting all different versions of himself, and it really kind of makes you question a little bit, like how many other Ricks have actually avoided joining the Council of Ricks, have been just like skipping out, and it makes more sense about how when. They tried to bring Rick in on the previous season thinking that he was the one who uh who had killed one of the other Rick one of the um other ricks, and they were just like, No, why how about the other ones? You got all these other Ricks out there. And so it it made a little bit more sense also, being able to kind of experience that.
0: It was also a callback to season two. You remember Tiny Rick? Yes. Yeah, uh pro- yeah, um, Project Phoenix or Operation Phoenix, whatever he called it. Yeah, uh, basically there were alternate universes where Operation Phoenix was still a thing in those universes where Rick didn't act, that whole project there. So yeah. when Rick died because of Morty's recklessness, basically <laughs> his consciousness got uploaded into clones of Rick's in alternate universes, you still have uh Operation Phoenix still running because you know the the different rigs of infinite universe, like there's a lot of them that's like completely different. But then again, there are rigs that are similar enough to where they're gonna have similar ideas. So it's only fair for Rick to assume that if there's gonna be infinite number of ricks, there's more likely uh a, at least a handful of ricks that have the whole Operation Phoenix thing still running. So it's kind of ingenious for him to go ahead and assume that. So he just pretty much thought of that ahead of time as a contingency in case something like this happened.
1: True, true. I think one of the funniest things about that one to me was with the um when they found the fascist rig, where Lou mm. like, there was just some there was just some areas that he was just like, and I'm just gonna off myself. I'm just gonna off myself <laughs> on to the next five. I'm just gonna go on to the next one. I'm not I'm not gonna stay here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that at all. <laughs> and so it was like, yeah, I understand. Like, even come on, it's one of those things that, and I'm I'm gonna just make a quick reference into this one was the fact that um, there was a apparently there was a storyline where they did a Marvel DC crossover in the comics where what happened was is that Red Skull found out about Joker and was secretly hiring him to do various different like terroristic attacks and bombings and all types of stuff. And Joker was just having the ball. Like he was just doing everything just like, ha ha ha. Then all of a sudden Red Skull was like, man, this guy is amazing. Like how come we never found him before? They said, yo, I need to meet, we need to meet this guy. We need to meet him. <laughs> And so this is where the downfall came. Red Skull finally meets Joker, and he's like, "Man, you're you're amazing. You have such amazing work. I loved your stuff. Like we gave you gave you a task, and you compl- you fulfilled it better than any henchman I've ever had. Like it was amazing. Who are, like? I just wanted to say thank you, congratulations. And then, uh, then Joker's like, "Wait, you're a Nazi?". He said, "Look, I may be a psychopath and do crazy shit, but I'm an American psychopath." And do crazy shit. <laughs> I remember side that now side with a Nazi
0: <laughs> yeah like I remember reading that
1: yeah so even still like even Rick kind of same thing like uh I'm not supporting Nazis moving all my life <laughs>
0: <laughs> like with so Rick it. same thing with Joker it's like yeah I done some fucked up shit but hey there's just some lines I just don't cross
1: okay exactly exactly he's like wow he's like I'll kill people but for my freedom, not for Nazi freedom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, one more major point that I did want to make um, before you've had any final thoughts on episode one. when Jessica got trapped and she got trapped in like this eternity of time, you know, the whole trip and mm-hmm. like she was in stasis for so long that she had enough time to think about, uh, where she stand in the universe, you know, in the Rick and Morty uh, show, because, you mm-hmm. know, she pretty much have enough uh, enlightenment to where she knows that she's pretty much just a side character in the show. And it got to a point where she pretty much predetermined that her and Morty's not going to really be a thing, but there's going to be attempts, future attempts. Uh, How do you mm-hmm. feel about that part?
1: That one was just funny to me. that was just funny because it's literally like okay you made a side character break the fourth wall to me it was just like congratulations what you going to do now like i'm really you did this but now i'm waiting to see what's going to happen with jessica in the future like now that you've done this to jessica she's no longer just a simple side character anymore now she's become a little bit more major because you gave her this knowledge there has to be some type of I guess repercussions or something like that going to happen because now she has knowledge. Now she knows.
0: Oh shit! My bad. Uh, that was a. I think that was a season five, episode one thing.
1: Oh, it might have been. Yeah. Well, I like, whatever. Hey,
2: wait a minute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, whatever. I mean, it's still one of those things. It's like it's a good setup. Like season one was a good setup for this little situation to kind of happen. Yeah. <laughs> All Pretty right. Much. So <laughs> <laughs> Wussies. Hey, it happens. But yeah, so like season four episode one was very was very interesting in its own aspect. It had a it had decent storyline for it. Like I said, it, it was definitely much better. Um it did have these moments of just, like I said, kind of lackluster into it. Like it would have been great to see more interactions with Rick versus those other Ricks that we weren't expecting. You know, the most interaction we got was Rick with Was Rick. In you know, honestly, yeah. So I would have loved to see some more interactions with other Ricks. But then that also could have made the story like made this episode significantly longer. So I think to keep it an episode probably did that. But you could have made it a special and you know just made it longer. I would have no. I don't think any of us would have had a problem with that.
0: Oh, wait. I remember what was going on with Jessica now. Uh, Essentially, what was going on was Morty thought that he was going to die with Jessica. But what actually happened was she got a job as a hospice worker. And Morty was just in this nursing home type situation to where he pretty much just died alone. And pretty much (laughs) Morty just misconstrued what what he thought he saw in the death crystal. So... It's one of those post ergo, you know, that whole thing I mentioned in season two, where they just pretty much just assumed one outcome based on what they saw, but that wasn't actually what was playing out.
1: Pretty much, like it's not predetermined that way. Things are like obviously based upon what was happening in even with him with the Death Crystal. Every time he turned a corner or did something else, it changed it up. So it's like. Things could change any time. Like the Death Crystal's not finite; it was just what you saw at this exact moment. What would have happened if you fought this specific exact pattern? But otherwise, it's a different pattern type of thing. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Just right. Whatever happens. Right. I think honestly, this one was a really good setup for one of the further episodes. That I know that you know what I'm talking about. So, I can't, so let's go ahead and move on to two because I really want to get on <laughs> to, that episode. I really want to get onto that episode.
0: Right. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, sorry for kind of getting ahead of myself on season five, but, but this is what I was talking about. Like with season four, it felt like such a blur. Like, am I misremembering what was going on in season four, episode one? And like, oh, right, right. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> but yeah. Episode 2 of Season 4, The Old Man and the Seat. This is the one where Rick has his personal toilet and it's all planted, I guess. And essentially, while he goes off to poop in private, he finds out that somebody has been using his toilet and he's trying to trap the dude down. Meanwhile, there's been an app that's been developed thanks to this alien Loody and his race, and essentially Jerry got enticed into making an app with Moody to make Love Finders to find the perfect match for people, and it got so wild and crazy that people just um, match with each other, and next he knows, oh, we found a better match for you, and then they just run off to whoever would be a better match, and Yeah, it just kind of reminded me of how it feels like people, in a general sense, don't really know what they want. Like they have an idea of what they want, but never a perfect or solid idea of what they want sometimes. And it's okay because, you know, we're kind of finding ourselves as we try to find the right person for us. And some people pretty much got a good picture of, you know, they are a found the perfect one, and blah, blah, blah. And, but, you know, that's what I got from this episode, or at least the B-plot of this episode. But how do you feel about this one? Who think?
1: Mm. I actually have two different references based into this. So first thing to talk about, the whole Rick and the toilet seat thing. There was two things about that one that really got to me. Because, one, you know, Rick developed this whole private area for himself. He found the perfect uninhabited planet with no like intelligent life form perfect area to see ultimate peace because it was a beautiful meadow fresh air just everything good everything like peaceful that you can imagine like that really kind of gets to you and this is where he had to poop and it was his it was his sanctum. It was his moment to himself, and it's one of those moments that you know you realize whenever you go poop. You know, before you have kids, of course,
2: <laughs> that's your
1: that is your throne. This reason is called the throne. You know, <laughs> that is your sanctum <laughs> away from everybody else. When you close that door, and I hope the God you turn on the fan, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> you close that door, and your butt's planted on that seat, and you're relieving yourself. It's a moment of relaxation you've calmed your body down to release all negative energy at this moment you just you just want you you know it's just your you time whether it be you scrolling on your phone listening to some music whatever the case may be you've shut off the rest of the world this is a sanctified room to yourself this is also why in a lot of cartoons it's always that extra embarrassment when the person is on the potty to themselves I say the potty. I'm sorry. I got kids. Um, It's on the toilet toilet to themselves and it gets violated. There you go. And it gets violated in some way, you know, such as like, oh, the roof got ripped off and you're like, oh, someone's on the toilet. You're like, uh, uh, privacy, man. This is my moment. Leave me alone. (laughs) And, um, The other thing about, or like you know, say for instance, like your upstairs bathroom and the caves in, and you fall down, and now you're no longer in your private area anymore. Like crap, you know, (laughs) and crap. (laughs) So it's like it's what makes it funnier because it's that moment of your privacy has now been interrupted. Your privacy has now been sanctively destroyed. This is the moment that you're to yourself. You know, nobody else is trying to pay attention to what you're doing. You, you're singing in the shower. People always listen into that. People always want to know because, oh, you're just taking a shower. You're getting yourself clean. But if you're pooping, oh, that's gross, disgusting. That's you. Everyone naturally pushes away. So you have now that moment to yourself. When it gets violated like that, it's frustrating. Is hella frustrating. So this episode made that realistic. And you're like, huh, I never thought about it. This is a real episode this is a real episode. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want nobody violating my sanctified place. <laughs> what the Honestly, hell, man? I
0: like, I like <laughs> how you put it that way because you pretty much simplified the point that the businessman Tony was trying to make to Rick to where Tony was trying to tell Rick that essentially you're not a shy pooper. It's just you need that time away to, you know, have some privacy because it's the only thing that you feel you have control over. So yep. it's almost like, you know, how with between Morty, Beth, Jerry, even Summer, they keep asking him for things. And sometimes Rick just wants to escape it all. And I guess his little private pooping place is the only way where he can get that escape sometime. Mm
1: hmm. And that's just what it is, man. Like, I need that time to myself. Yeah. So, it got violated, and it was harsh.
0: It's like, I can't understand when you're a husband or a father and you want to have time with the boys, you know, going to the movies like the old times, playing video games or whatever else we would do, just like the old times, but you can't because you have responsibilities, you have a family, or at least you're in a commit a relationship now and you just don't have the time for that or you know even if you just like working a whole lot of hours like you just don't have the time for that and it seems like your free time is so scarce that sometimes going to the bathroom is the closest thing to getting a break that you can get um in the adult world and that's just oh
1: it's real yeah that's this is that's the realest thing. Is the fact that we're in a world where everything is so rushed. Do this, do this, do this. Go, 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 go. That it's like you don't have time for yourself. And the only time that most people make time for themselves is in the bathroom. That's why there's people that you're in the bathroom for a lot longer than you really need to be. Like you probably been in the bathroom already honestly, did your business. But you're sitting honestly, there.
0: <laughs> like, uh, bruh, honestly, this is why I relate to people who work from home. Because at least when you're making good money and you don't even have to clock in anywhere or if you – like, to be perfectly honest, if you are single and have no kids and you work from home and you're making hella good money, I envy you. Because that's where I'm trying to get at at this point where I have so much money and so little problems. I was like, bro, I can – Play video games or goof all whatever I want to do. But I know I make enough money to afford to do all of that. And people gonna be wondering how the hell are you living life like this? And I was like, well, I'm not against settling down, but uh, there's a reason why I haven't settled down just yet. <laughs> there's reasons.
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah, I I totally understand how y'all feeling. Like sometimes you just need that privacy and Going to poop is one of those only excuses that you have.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the guy wound up relating into Rick, <clears throat> and Rick really, even though he tried to deny it, that no, that's not the case. That's not the case. He knew that's what it I mean,
0: was. Yeah, like hold on, like think about with Tony. Even though we don't really know much about him, one small detail that should explain things is that he is a businessman, and typically. With businessmen, you're just assuming that, oh, they're so busy with their jobs trying to bring home money and whatnot to their families that they're just like Rick to where sometimes they just don't have time for themselves. So Tony can probably relate to the fact that, OK, yeah, I can understand that you may be the smartest man in the universe. You may be uh, all powerful and all that, but you're just as human as i am and that's saying a lot considering that tony's an alien but <laughs> you're just like me to where sometimes you just want time to yourself but people won't give you that time to yourself because you're so busy being yourself and trying to be a provider and shit so sometimes you need a private proof in place to get away from all that and that's probably what tony did when you think about it where he just wanted to go far away And find some place where he could just be alone. And, you know, finding that specific spot just to go poop was his escape from all that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's actually why he did it. He needed that time. He needed that reform. And then having that interaction with Rick, he finally decided to go out and do something. You know, instead of just, oh, I just keep working and keep working. Rick decided to come and surprise him at the job, to surprise him at his job and stuff. You know, try to say, Oh, he's not a friend. He's like, Yeah, you're a friend. But <laughs> shows up and then comes around and I said, Oh, you didn't hear. I said, Didn't hear what? He he quit his job and he said he was just gonna live his life and he died skydiving. It was like, What? <laughs> I was like, dang. Really? <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I think
1: I, so. This one also made me relate a little bit more, too, because there's actually a YouTube channel that I follow. Um, I still follow, but I don't watch it as much now. But what it was is that it was a guy, it was literally called Random Dad, and literally what this guy did was random stuff like he did the most random things. Like, what happens if you put a micro put a popcorn in a microwave for too long? And he explained it scientifically and things like that, but he just had fun and he just did anything random what happens if you mix mercury if you put mercury hot mercury in water like i'm just curious to see what's going to happen what happens if you melt mercury down and pour it over something else like he literally just did the most random thing it was like not it was not random dad but random guy that's what it was but he was a dad and you know he it was one of those things that he was finally got to that point of i'm a dad but i finally have free time now to do something what wound up happening is is that this guy actually had died um I think he was skiing. He wound up having a ski accident. And unfortunately, he wound up passing away. So his kids wound up taking over the show, um, still trying to do certain things in honor of him. It's it's not the same, but, you know, it was kind of the same thing as the fact that a dad that finally decided, say, fuck it, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. You know, I'm going to stop holding myself back. And so... I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure the episode wasn't really all this deep, but just it wound up relating to me because I wound up having those moments. Because, you know, I watched this guy. Like, I watched him when his channel first started. It randomly popped up in my news feed, on my YouTube feed. And I was like, why not? It's random. It says random. I'm looking for something random. Why the hell not? You know? And then it was like, huh. Okay. So then when he died, I took. I actually took that personally. I was like, oh. I felt like how Rick felt. Like, dang. And somebody I related to, even though I didn't know him that well, somebody I related to. And now he's gone. And it's like, damn. No, it hurt. (laughs) It felt bad. So, yeah, Yeah. it it was. Now, I don't want to stay on this one too long. It's making me sad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now, the dating app one, this one to me was super funny because aside from the fact that, yeah, it was just a dating app that made people crazy, especially Summer. Summer wound up, like Beth is trying to go out out of her way to protect Summer, and Summer's like, "Forget you! I'm gonna go and do quick dates with every single person that says that I'm perfectly matched with." And this dating app not just matched people; it matched you to animals and random machinery and stuff. <laughs> like yeah. it matched you to anything, and people were just like, "Oh, you're my fir- you're my best person." Like some people went so far as to try to get married and then decided to cancel, like cancel the wedding in the middle of them getting a bride. Like they were how out together long enough for it to get a bride dress? That's what got me. I said y'all long enough together to get a bride dress, and then all of a sudden, like, oh no, it's not working out. I'm gonna date this guy. I'm going with this guy now. Dude just pops out the out the ceiling of a church, breaks through the ceiling of a church, skydiving. He's like, "You, I've been looking for you." And I'm just like, what the heck is going on? Type of thing. <laughs> like this whole thing is like, what the hell is going on? Um, and it was like this dating app has just got so badly out of hand. But all it is is just them trying to distract all the humans because their planet is dying because they don't have any water, so they want to take all the Earth's water. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> you pretty much destroyed humanity for, for that. <laughs> You could have went to, like, Jupiter and melted their ice caps or something like that and got water. Like, what the, the hell did you have to come here and steal all water <laughs> <laughs> then, but Then also just Jerry being Jerry, literally the fact that Rick stamped on this thing's forehead, do not make app. <laughs> He's like, hey, you want to make an app? It says on his forehead, it says don't make it like don't uh, don't make an app. Don't make an app. And Jerry's like, I mean, it was there. I'm pretty sure it was just something like like Rick was just being extra with. And then Morty just straight up calls him out. It's like, no, it's literally the fact that he was too damn lazy to explain to us why it is we shouldn't do it. And you just went ahead and went around it and did the shit anyway, like an idiot. (laughs) 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 Like having the moments that Morty lets into Jerry is like, it's... Is real and is hilarious. Yeah. Uh this was a good episode. <laughs> this is Honestly, a good
0: episode. I just like how with Jerry, it reminded me of Ed and Eddie when WD was trying to teach Eddie and Ed about reverse psychology, and WD told Ed like, "Ed, listen carefully now. Do not eat that dirt." And then at, at first, he was being cool about it. He was like, nah, I'm not going to eat the dirt. And then he got real tempted to hurt the dirt. And <laughs> there he is, eating the dirt. And that's pretty much the same thing with Jerry. It's like, for some reason, it's almost like reverse psychology works very well on guys like Jerry to where you tell him not to do something, and chances are he's going to fuck it up
1: anyhow. Because it's Jerry. <laughs> But then one of the other things about it, too, is the fact that it also puts in how much we rely on technology to rule us. There's um, there's a TV series called Black Mirror. I don't know if you've seen it.
0: No, I didn't.
1: So it talks about technology ruining people's lives in all types of ways. So one episode that's actually mostly memorable is one where everybody's lives is based on ratings. Where literally, like, you know how you give, like, how you do a Yelp review and stuff like that—how many stars and why and stuff like that—and that, and that yeah. they re- they replaced the credit system with the rating system. Like, your credit is based on how well people like you. So, I want you to keep that in mind. This—that was this a real, real crazy world because the main character we're following, she's desperate to try to make sure people like her. So that way she has the highest ratings because that's the best credits and stuff. And her brother, he has decent ratings, but he's a gamer. He's like, I don't really give a fuck. (laughs) He's like, there are people who like me because they like playing with me and stuff and we're good. And there's people who hate me because they're just mad because I'm better at them. I don't care. Like, I'm just a gamer. I don't care. He's like, my ratings are decent, I guess. And he's like, I'm still able to get a place to live. I'm still able to pay bills. Like I don't really care, you know, move forward. But she's so, you know, uppity. Have to be really good ratings so you can get like those that high and high in society and stuff. So, but then it's also so important too because even your jobs are based into that. And it was like literally based on how good your how good your ratings were, dependent on if you still worked at a certain job or not. Like they only hired people who had certain ratings. So if your rating dropped. You couldn't even walk through the front door. The door locked itself to prevent you from going in, saying that your rating needs to be higher before you come back to work or you're just fired. And it's like, what the hell? And it's like, you know, they let that rule them. And it was the same thing that was happening to this dating app. This dating app ruled them. They, they didn't care about anything anymore. People stopped going to work. They were causing mass destruction. There was fire. It was mayhem from a from an app that just said, hey, we think you should date such and such. And then you pay attention to like the TV, like the TV now and stuff. I think there's like there's one dating app. I think it's called Pinch or something like that. The dating app that's meant to be deleted. Like, you know, we're meant to help you find that partner and then you delete it so you don't go back into the dating app again. Cause you know that's a big thing that a lot of people do. I'm in a relationship, but I have this dating app on my phone just to see who else might be else be out there type of thing. It's just, it's just technology is has been one of those things that it's a great help but it's really messed us up. And this episode also pointed that out, too. This episode went into a lot of depth on a lot of different things in a 26-minute time span. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, we've been on this episode for a while. We got to move on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, episode three of season four, One Crew Over the Crew Coups Morty. This is the episode when... It was pretty much a Heist-a-tron heist heist episode to where rick in an intricate way was trying to teach morty that heist movies and pretty much anything that's derived from those heist moves are pretty much just dumb and contrived you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. honestly that's really what i got from this like it was kind of funny the way he was trying to debunk the whole genre or you know that kind of trope and Mm. honestly i just don't really have much to say on this episode aside from that. It's like That's pretty much how I felt about the episode in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, it it was funny, but it was written poorly on purpose. It was one of those ones I can say that much. Mm. So, I don't feel bad for feeling light luster about it because it's literally a pick on heist movies. Like, oh, I was a step ahead of you. I was a step ahead of your step ahead. I was a step ahead of your step ahead of your step ahead of your step ahead. And you're like, bro, leave that to JoJo.
0: <laughs> like Bro, I would have said, someone like Eisen from Bleach.
1: Man, the whole look that I don't even want to get into that one because I'm still mad. At that. I was at, I was just talking to my wife about it, so I'm gonna only say this. I don't want to get into it. I'm gonna only say this. I was watching an episode um, of Watch Mojo on YouTube, and fans, I want y'all to listen. This this is real funny. Okay, this episode was titled "Villains That." created their own enemies their own worst enemies where it's literally about villains who wound up creating quote-unquote maybe heroes or anti-heroes or, or just people in general that wound up causing their downfall and one of the motherfuckers that wasn't on the list that i was very surprised about should have been Ison because literally first off it's already one thing in the writing that and i'm not shot in bleach i mean bleach is still good <laughs> I just I don't like Ichigo, and it's not him; it's how they made him. I'm just be honest here. This dude is a literal byproduct of everything. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> how are you? Everything? How are you? Oh, I'm Quincy. I'm I'm a um, deaf god, I'm I'm a substitute deaf guy. I'm I'm also one of the special. Um, descendant of the dude who made the who um was able to make the zone pop toes and I'm like, I was like dude, how are you a descendant of everything? Like what the fuck? And then Eisen said like, oh, I already knew about this from the beginning. I made sure that you were born. I made sure that you was gonna come along. And then you like and and literally my wife just she had the funniest comment and said and still got your ass whooped by this nigga. What about it? <laughs> <laughs> like come on you made I you brag so much about making him and he still beat you behind
0: no see here's the thing like <laughs> i know he got different variations of it and I understand that he probably have a strong spirit pressure power whatever you want to call it but with ichigo <laughs> see what i don't like about ichigo and aside from him having like one of the most bland personalities i ever seen it's the mere fact that this dude is Mister One Trick Pony. It's always Gesga Tensho or Final Gesga Tensho. It's always that one technique. Goku has more. Oh my god! Like more stolen yeah, even
2: techniques.
0: Goku, yeah, like <laughs> even though his techniques were stolen, at least he has more of a repertoire than Ichigo. To where I was like, if I hear Gesga Tensho from this guy one more time,
1: god damn it! Mm-hmm. do a different move like hold on, shit hold on. Hold on. keep in mind on this one it's just like Naruto's Rasengan it has different I mean, variations
0: yeah yeah yeah. but hold on let me take that back like I know in his visor form he has like those sero uh, blasts where he does, it's not really a guest Tensho so he has more than that but bruh like he used guest Tensho so many times I just can't help but think he's just a one trick pony about it like yeah, there's different variations of it, but come on, man! Like, do something entirely different.
1: Come on, and
0: like, the, and the, be
1: more creative. I and mean, that's why this episode of Rick and Morty was kind of like it was purposely written bad. It was purposely written about being oh, this one trick pony type thing. Jeez. Purposely made oh, Isotron, right. do this, and the Isotron was like oh, I did this and this. <laughs> oh, well, I made a heist, I made an anti isotron for the Isotron just in case the Isotron went out. You well, know, okay. I knew you're gonna, gonna not really, this around.
0: <laughs> I was really trying to let you go ahead and say your point because I really didn't want to say anything when you were talking <laughs> about Isaac, but as soon as you talked about each go being this <laughs> mud of a spirit creature. I mean, come on, man. Like, okay, you're a visored, you're a spirit reaper, you're a quincy, you're a full brain. What the
1: shit? Yeah. It was just that's but that that one's gonna have to be a discussion for another time. Like when we do when the bleach hundred years that was thousand year war right <laughs> when thousand year war finally drops, we go. Yeah, get
0: like I it. heard it's getting animated so we're kind of glad about that. So at least the animation is getting finished as far as like getting caught with the manga. I'm happy about that, but I'm gonna be honest with you, I just don't care for Ichigo, but I love everyone else. Like I just love the rest of the cast. Awesome, awesome.
1: <laughs> But we're gonna get back to that into that bleach until that when we get that bleach review. But yes, this uh this episode was yeah, like, that's the only thing I have for it. Yeah, it was just it was just purposely lackluster. Like it was purposely made, written bad to pick on the fact of how the other ones are bad writing. So, <laughs> I, so I get it from the comedy standpoint, but it was one of those ones that did a Family Guy trope where it was like uh... you parody, but the parody was no longer as funny anymore it was yeah. funny at first but not 26 minutes
2: funny. <laughs> I think no,
1: actually, I think this episode was only like 22 minutes actually. But yeah it wasn't yeah, it wasn't awesome. 22 minutes funny. It was like 12 minutes funny but not 22 minutes funny. The extra 10 minutes I just wasn't there was no need for it.
0: It was almost like it was it got too real. Like it got so <laughs> real that I'm not even enjoying it anymore. Like it got so old that it kind of even helped us realize how old heist movies really got like between the Fast and Furious movies, how honestly it might be that kinda of got a little old and some others that I'm kind of forgetting, but you, you get what I'm saying.
1: Yes. So it's like it's it is it, just it's there. It's just there. That's just all it is onto that one. Um oh my gosh. Episode four. Oh okay. man. episode four
0: is Claw and Hoarder special Rick Mortar. Uh, essentially, this is the one where, the one with the sexual dragon, the slut dragon,
2: <laughs> and
0: they try to make some sort of bond with them. This is the one where uh, Morty wanted to be a wizard, but uh, Rick and Summer was like, bro, just be an artificer and just pick guns. Come on, don't be stupid."
1: Yeah, I mean, especially after that whole tantrum the, episode, the tantrum that he had <laughs> the whole earlier. Oh yeah, earlier the whole, the whole, whole thing
0: with um, Jerry and the cat, where. Uh, the cat just keep telling him, "Yo, just go with the flow, man. Like you're ruining the vibe by asking questions and all that." But when Rick finds out the truth about the cat, and they just find out how fucked up he is, whatever they saw, and they was like, "Get out of here! You repulse me! You sicken me! You get out of here!" And that's honestly all I got on this episode. Like it was an all right episode, but eh, it was all right.
1: <laughs> well.
0: Not saying it was put, bad But it was
1: alright I'm trying to collect my thoughts On how to say this So <clears throat> It picked on us D&D lovers As much as we're yeah, like Hey yeah. we love Like To say that we love D&D We love dragons And like if you love Lord of the Rings And fantasy lovers And stuff like that I took this one personally And it's probably because I'm fantasy's own president
0: You were like Michael took- Jordan <laughs> like, And I took that personally
1: <laughs> Yes This episode came out And me was like And I took that personally <laughs> It's really what it was. It's like <laughs> you're saying you love it so much, just have sex with your dragon. Like God almighty, just do it already. And then it's like, oh Jesus. Soul, soul bonding, soul bonding. <laughs> yes, ah. yes.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <clears throat> to the point where, like Ricky's in here, like don't tell your don't tell your parents about this. Oh god, yeah. <laughs>
0: oh god, it's feels so good. It's like so euphoric.
1: <clears throat> It's like what the heck, man! <laughs> I, it, I just I couldn't with this episode. Like it started off so I'm not here I for this, bad bro. Because you know the dragons like, uh, I'll do whatever it is that you want. You're my master. And then like like Morty is just like, well, what do you want to do? I really just want to drop dive under this ground right here. Wait until the realm of wait right until the ruling of man finally dies away, and then finally emerge back. <laughs> free of you foul humans and shit like that and morty's like well we can't do that but we can try something else type of thing maybe i'll let you rest up and maybe you'll give me a, a ride through the sky maybe like once a week <laughs> how does that sound is that better can that compromise i'm just like really really The dragon straight up just told you, I don't want to be here. I don't want to deal with you guys. I'm stuck. don't have anything else in mind. I'm stuck. This episode was just funny. It was just funny in that, but again, yes, Michael Jordan. And I took that personally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, you want to go ahead and move on to episode
1: six, was it? Oh, we're on five
0: we episode 5, yeah, Rattlestar, yeah, right. Rick Lactica. My bad. I kind of went too far with my notes. See, this is what I get for getting ahead of myself, folks. So forgive me on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rattlestar, Rick Catula, uh, Rick, Rick, Rick Lactica. Uh,
1: Rick Lactica.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, they need to stop with these names, okay? Now, this is the one where Rick was like, bruh, leave the snake alone. Leave the snake alone. But Morty, doing the same thing Jerry did, like I said with Ed, like, do not eat that dirt. And I'm like, Morty, listen carefully now. Do not help that snake. And he ended up helping the snake anyway because he felt guilty, and he ended up trying to replace the snake and send it back to his planet. But it turns out that by doing that, he incidentally Created this whole race war with snakes.
1: Mm-hmm. The adventure turned to Terminator. People yeah. to time. Oh my god, we have to kill him. No, don't kill him. We must kill him. No, don't kill him. Oh yeah, the, know, the, yeah.
0: then the testicle monsters had to come back and deal mm-hmm. with it because, you know, they, yeah, it got the attention of the time police. Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah, because it messed up everything. And it's like, bro, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, this was it's an all right that. episode, too. Yeah. It was funny for that, but other than that, there really isn't anything else to talk about. There was no B storyline yeah. to this one. It yeah, there really the wasn't. There wasn't at all, and it was just it was just the A storyline where we're looking at Morty just constantly feeling guilty, and then going back into the snakes, to the snake world, then Morty feeling guilty than the snake world. Like It was all the same storyline, so it wasn't yeah. there was no B storyline to it. It
0: was, it was just super focused on that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Episode 6 is the same way. Uh, Never Rick and Morty. Now see, the reason why I got this one mixed up because this is the one that I kind of want to go ahead and talk about. This is the story train episode to where it was a whole anthology episode where it was like this whole map of the train and Rick and Morty was on there trying to uh, fight the conductor and he was super ripped for it. It No reason at all. And it was trying to break the fifth wall Supposedly, and as far as you know, the continuity of the show with uh, evil Morty having his legion of Rick's and so many other things that could have been in the uh, canon, like even Rick said that well, Morty said, Is this canon? and Rick was like, It could be, mm-hmm. and that's the whole thing. That, they were trying to pick on the canon, the canonical um, storyline of Rick and Morty itself to where this stuff could be canon. But you know how Rick and Morty roll. We like to subvert those expectations.
1: Exactly. <clears throat> this one was just a slap in the face for all of us who are always, like you said, looking for what's canonical or not. Like in. Oh. Anything-
2: Dude,
0: like I'm sorry, but remember how their Deus Ex Machino is literally Jesus Christ.
1: Yes. <clears throat> Like this, the anthologies in this one was funny. The anthologies in this sto- in this episode was really really funny, and yeah, it just was, was. It was a slap in the face for us to think about what's going to be canon and what's not. Like one of the biggest series that has issues as far as canonical things is Dragon Ball. Is is the yeah. Dragon Ball franchise? Like from the whole thing of it with Dragon Ball Z's movies, how they finally just said, oh it just takes place in different storylines, like different storylines, like what-if storyline scenarios and stuff like that. But that didn't happen until Super. Like, when you they finally explained the whole... They went back further into the whole um, Trunks' future is a, really a whole different timeline. Yeah. Not just a universe, but an entirely different timeline in itself that he's just ripping apart by traveling back and forth and things like that. So... You know, by by finally having that Goku Black se- um series that we finally was able to say, Oh, the movies are all technically canon in a different uni- in a different timeline, like in a what right. if timeline situation. <clears throat> so it's like but before then there was this question was like, is this canon, is it not canon? Is it canon, is it not canon? We were just I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, like um when they were talking about Dragon Ball Super Broly, how, is this canon? Because there's a lot of stuff that happened in Dragon Ball Super that they made callbacks to, to where it feels like it's canon. And yes, Dragon Ball Super Broly is canon. And pretty much piggybacking on what you were saying, how the original Broly movie and, you know, it's trilogy, that's actually a Broly in an alternate universe. Just like how I was reading about Dragon Ball's minus where there was this mm-hmm. alternate story to where what if planet vegeta didn't get blown up and vegeta was still off doing his own thing and it turns out that broly became king of planet vegeta and basically vegeta had to participate in a tournament to become king and defeat broly and broly <laughs> was, was a dick in this one he was a real mm-hmm. dick in this timeline but in yeah, Dragon Ball 2 broly he was like really soft like on the inside
1: cuz he wasn't he didn't want to fight but it's one of those things that like and even and as far as the mentioning in the Dragon Ball franchise, Dragon Ball's um Dragon Ball Super Resurrection F was the first movie. Um yeah, it was. It was it was the first Dragon Ball movie after Dragon Ball, like, because all the movies during Dragon Ball Z, none of them were canon. All of them were different timelines. There was not one single movie that was canon. Resurrection F wound up being the first movie. No, no, not Resurrection X. My bad. Battle of the Gods wanted to be in the first movie that was canon, and since then, almost pretty much every single Super movie that we've had, we have Battle of the Gods, Resurrection F, Dragon Um, Super, Broly. Those three movies are all canon. They're the only movies in the franchise that have been canon to the main storyline. Whereas everything else oh, has God. always just been different timelines.
0: The upcoming movie coming up. <laughs> I I can't believe what they named this shit. Like for real, bro, like Dragon Ball Super Superhero, you couldn't come with a better name for
1: that, it's for not, real. And it's, it's not about, it's not even about Goku and Vegeta, it's about everyone else Gohan, Krillin, Piccolo, it's about everyone else. But
0: I mean, I get it, but, bro, okay, okay,
1: mm-hmm. but okay. back to um, for the Rick and Morty anthologies, is it's, it's just pretty much one of those things, is like you said, it was a slap in the face for us as far as picking on what's canon, what's not canon. Because we focus on shows like Dragon Ball Z, like those Naruto movies, um, those Bleach movies, the One Piece movies, the One Piece video games. Um, you know, oh, is this canon? Is this canon? Is this canon? Are they really copying the storyline? or They added something a little extra to it. Um, even the Dragon Ball, you no, know, um, Dragon Ball Fighters, like Fighter Z, is not canon.
0: You know? But <laughs>
1: so.
0: I'm sorry, but... You know what I appreciate about the Kotechio Hitman Reborn anime series? Not only were some of their arcs were anime-exclusive, like some of the filler arcs, you can say, they were not only anime-exclusive, but they were canon. Like, they basically said, okay, we're going to do things differently in the anime compared to the manga, but... The, whatever happens in the anime is still canon compared to the manga. So it may not have happened in the manga, but it's still canon.
1: Same for My Hero Academia, but that's yeah. a story for another time.
0: <clears throat> yeah, are kind of getting a little off rails with this one.
1: Well, I mean, because it's, it's, we're talking about anthologies and whether or not it's canon. I mean, that's that's really what this whole thing is about, is picking on <laughs> There's different what if scenarios. Like everything in this whole thing, we're thinking is what if. Like first time I started watching this episode, I thought that this was like, oh, these they're finally showing other adventures that Rick and Morty are going on that we didn't know about before. And you're finding out because you know people are explaining, oh, this is my interaction with Rick and Morty. This is my interaction with Rick and Morty. And you're finding out, oh, these are all just what ifs. These aren't actually real. This isn't stuff that actually happened. And then it becomes more realistic at the end of it when rick and morty finally are off the train and they're out the train and just like it's like an infinite void and like i don't know what they're going to do and then it just zones out to our rick and morty and rick is like where'd you get this he was like oh i just and morty's just like oh i just saw it and thought it was good he was like i appreciate you you didn't make a second thought you didn't overthink it you just went out you just bought something and <laughs> you just made it simple he's like i appreciate you you finally have done something simple type of thing and it was like this the ending just kind of completely desolated the entire story train situation until the story train until like the story train fell off the tracks and then like (laughs) Morty was like I just I just go buy and just 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 go buy a new one he's like no you bought this one
0: (laughs) like bro there's a fucking virus going on right you're like you can't just be walking around trying to buy trains
1: exactly but it was that was probably the only thing about it is that the ending i think the ending had some type of real point to the anthologies but i don't know personally to me it took away from it like yeah. it would have been great just to have the anthologies and then rick and morty somehow make their way back but to make it as like oh this is just a toy train set it was just toys they're not It was like just ruined everything for me <laughs>
0: Subverting those expectations.
1: Exactly. I'm thinking this episode was really about something. And then, come to find out, just, just fuck it all. It was, it was about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, <right? laughs> just hurt my feelings. So, uh, man. You ready for episode seven? Yeah. I'm going to get off this one. Just hurt my feelings. <laughs> 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 episode seven.
0: Uh, yes. Episode seven of season four uh, Pro Morias. This is the one where Rick and Morty find themselves on. A planet where it's been controlled by mind face huggers called Glorzos, and essentially they got their whole consciousness. You know, it's kind of like Star of the Conqueror, but you know, different.
1: You no, know, a it's the, al- kind of- it's the, it's the it- alien franchise. There was giant eggs, you get too close to the egg, it hatched, and a face hugger attached to your face.
0: Oh, right. I just, I'm just thinking of Star from um, the Suicide Squad. By the way, there will be a review on the Suicide Squad soon. Like believe that. Uh
1: this episode was this episode disturbed me. At first I was yeah. fine. I, At first I was cool going along with it, I'm like, okay, the facehuggers are mind-controlling. Summer winds up becoming the queen ruler because she happened to think, because she happened to do this real old-school fad of keeping a popsicle in your mouth. That hasn't been cool since the fucking greasers in, like, what the... What was it, no, the no, 70s? it wasn't a popsicle, it was a, a toothpick. Toothpick, yeah. Like, having a toothpick in your mouth. That wasn't He's cool a since the greasers. Now. <laughs> it wasn't cool since the greasers. Like, that was played out back in the 80s, man. Like, that's. Been gone. Me,
0: bro, <laughs> me throwing away my toothpick because I had one like sitting right here. Like I like to have a toothpick in my mouth every now and then. Not as much, but it's like sometimes it's cool. But then now you're saying that's like let me throw away my toothpick.
1: <laughs> I mean, look, this is me personally. If you, if you want to walk around with a toothpick in your mouth, you think it's cool. That's entirely up to you. I just I can't because when I no no Having a I'm not
0: doing it just because I think it's cool. It's just you know, it's more like a.
1: Static. It's like having
0: a fidget spinner, but in your mouth.
1: Yeah, we're not going to go into that conversation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I kind of caught myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So this
1: episode, <laughs> but. Seriously, it's like saved from the toothpick. Like, you had to toothpick in your mouth, it tried to hug your face, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I can't hug your face, you got a toothpick, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? And it's like, she's the queen, she's the chosen one because her face huggers couldn't hug onto them. Like, I'm, I didn't care about that. That was fine to me. It was the fucking relationship. Between Morty's face hugger and Rick's face hugger, and the yeah. fact that both had the exact same voices and was literally sucking face like I can't even say kissing. That This disturbed me. <laughs> I was not supposed yeah. to be disturbed in this episode, and they did it. They disturbed me. <laughs> I was like, why?
0: It was like there was a button there was a button that they don't push and they were like just giggling while they push that button. <laughs> uh like, you're you're pushing the button, stop it.
1: No, nah, I'm gonna keep pushing it. Stop it. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna keep pushing it. <laughs> it's
0: it's so like cool. Didi Dee Dee from Dexter's Laboratory, like, ooh, what is this button do? And I was like, Don't you push that button? <laughs> it was
1: just so evil. It was so evil. Like, why? Nobody asked for
2: this.
0: (laughs) Uh, I mean,
1: the ending was was fine when they finally got in the ship and started blowing up everything. Realizing they were killing innocent people, though, and even Rick felt bad about it. Like, oh, wait, hmm, this actually might not be. Who cares? Just moving on. Yeah. But no, like this This episode disturbed me. That's all I got for it. <laughs> Hold on
0: now. All right. Now, oh my God. Episode eight of season four, the Vat of Acid episode. Oh my fucking God. This episode, I watched it so many times because it was that fucking good. You got like, God damn. Okay. So Morty, on this one mission with Rick, was trying to do this whole deal. It went south. And Rick had this vat of acid just in case things go south so they can just hide in there. It's fake, by the way. So they're not going to really melt in that vat of acid. And Morty found the whole idea so dumb that he just decided to criticize Rick about it. And he was really laying into Rick about it, too. And at some point when they got home, they, I don't know, went their separate ways. And for some reason, Morty wanted a special remote, like, like a basically redo he wanted, yeah, a redo button in a sense to where he can create a save point by making yep. this special <clears throat> remote. And I like how he goaded Rick into making this uh, weapon to where <laughs> you remember when we were talking about uh, season three to where like he pretty much know how to push Rick's buttons now and he pretty much challenged Rick's ego to saying, like, you can't make it or you won't make it. I was like, I can do anything. And I was like, hmm, hmm, I doubt that. I was like, I, I, I think you just can't. And I was like, he ended up frustrating Rick so much that he ended up making it anyway. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking I'm do it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he made grandpa do it out of spite, bro.
0: <laughs> yeah. But the funny thing is, Rick kind of, here's the funny thing with um Rick. He made the save point, right? He made the redo button. And he gave Morty the option to where, you want me to explain it to you? And Morty was like, nah, I'm just going to go have fun. And yeah, he went to have fun. He had a lot of fun with it. He had so much fun that some of it was kind of pathetic and a little regrettable. But yeah, he, he had his fair share of fun with the redo button. He even got to a point where he... Kind of incidentally came across this girl that he liked. They hit it off pretty well to a point where they were dating and things were good. They were going on a trip and all that. There was,
1: you Uh, know, some uh, arguments. It wasn't Jessica. Keep that in mind. It wasn't Jessica.
0: It was some unnamed girl, but, you know.
1: (laughs) But it wasn't Jessica.
0: Yeah, it wasn't Jessica. (laughs) That's the funny thing. Ahead. It was just some random girl that he uh chanced across um in front of some shop. I forgot what was the shop was. I think it was like a coffee shop or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, it was it was
1: a coffee, it was a coffee shop. Because yeah, he, he, he he was standing in front of like a stripper, um, in front of like a stripper lounge. Like he was like right in front of the building. And then instead of going in, he happened to look left and he sees her and all of a sudden wanted to just go talk to her, and then from there, things go well. Like, I don't want to cut you off, but it's just, this one was a very intense moment for me in that one when I was watching. this I was like, dang, you know, Roy found happiness. And what? it wasn't Jessica, but <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. But it, he found happiness, though. Like, I'm talking about they went on trips together. He introduced her to the family. The family likes her. Um, Summer likes her. That, that itself. Like, how, how often do you have an annoying big sister that likes your girlfriend, you know? Um, Summer likes her They go on a trip They go on an airplane The airplane crashes They have to fight for survival They're having to eat people to survive And Morty decides I'm just going to go ahead and do it And decides to make the journey to go get help And Oh, excuse me And like, you know, he suffers frostbite They get help, they get back He has to um, go back into um, He has to go to the hospital He's having to like you know, just kind of, like, give all this, like, live his life and everything. And one thing to keep in mind of this is that Rick is not here at all. (laughs) Like, Rick is not really present much at all in this case. Like, Morty found happiness and didn't have to really fuck with his grandpa anymore like that. And all of it gets fucked up because Jerry picks picks up the remote and is like, huh, I wonder what this does. It may control the TV, though it doesn't look anything like the TV remote. I'm gonna click this button anyway. Clicks the button and sends Morty all the way fucking back to right in front of the strip club again. <laughs> Just Wow. Damn, This made me hate pissed. Jerry so much. <laughs> Oh, I hated Jerry so much for this. Like Jerry, you know damn well that was not a fucking TV remote.
0: Yeah, every TV the remote's got like, a button. Like, yeah, only one button, man. Only one button. You just assumed it was a TV remote, really?
1: Just, <clears throat> just what the hell, man? <laughs> what the hell, man? And it was just like he just he ruined it all he ruined everything Mort- and like Morty was just like just fuck it just fuck my life fuck everything <laughs> just right why he did
0: try to kill himself <laughs> but he-, he just failed
1: at it he didn't try to kill he didn't try to kill himself he wanted to kill himself but what happened was is that um that's when Rick explained to him he said all those redo buttons really wasn't you redoing things you created a new timeline every single oh, time oh yeah
0: like <laughs> hold on like I like this part because basically, Morty went back to Rick, and he was like, "Okay, I kind of learned my lesson from this, and it's good thing that there's no real repercussions, but he was like, Rick was like, Yeah, I'm glad you learned the lesson, but there were consequences to your actions because you didn't redo it. you just you know hop to a different universe or something like that, or in other words, essentially he had to erase Morty from different universes in order to redo what he thought was a redo. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. So it killed wasn't exact- himself in multiple universes.
0: <laughs> yeah. And not only that, the only way they can fix the problem is if they merge the universes to where everything that happened in those universes will happen in Morty's universe, the one that we were following. Mm-hmm. But... In exchange that uh, the other mornings will be um, spared. And I just liked how um, Rick tried to bring it all together to talk about uh, it's the prestige. It was a reference to the prestige. We were just mm-hmm. like, breathe it in.
1: This is God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That one was funny. And it's like,
0: and he was so pity about it the whole time, too. And it was like, hey, I told you, like, you won't. He left. I, Excuse me, excuse I
1: asked me. you, did you want me to explain it?
0: <laughs> yeah. You you asked me, like, here's the thing. I could have explained it to you. Or you could have just had fun. Did you have fun, Morty? And I was like, is this about the vat of acid? And I was like, no. I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. But now <laughs> it's time to face the consequences. I was, like, I was just having fun. And I was like, yeah, so was Jeffrey Dahmer.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, speaking of which time to um, uh, pay the piper and then there's the police and pretty much everybody showing up uh, for Morty's head for the crimes that he committed apparently like oh my god he pissed off a lot of people apparently
1: yeah he was just having fun he did whatever because he thought it had no consequences so he purposely went and messed up other people's lives yeah he messed with the military he messed with it he did everything literally <laughs> Just because yeah. he was like, oh, I could just redo it over. Who cares? Type of thing like that. And yeah, it came back and it bit him.
0: And the, it bit him and hard. the funniest part, and the funniest part about all of it was the only way out is the same idea that he ridiculed to where he had to pretend to die in a vat of acid, but it was a fake vat acid by Rick that was in right in front of the front yard. And like, he, Rick was really. Milking it too. It was like it was like morning. Like goddamn. I was like, bad. say the bat is good. The bat is good. Kiss mm. the bat.
1: <laughs> it's not a bad idea anymore, is it? Huh? Not a bad yeah. idea anymore. Is
2: it?
0: And then all that said and done. Okay, they were convinced that the. Uh, Bad ass is real. Everybody's left. And then Riggle's like, don't ever make fun of me again.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then the bad part about it is that that girl got her memory, like, got those memories where she had those that life with Morty. And then she can't, she shows up to try to, to, to go up to try to talk to him. And then all she sees him jump into the bad ass and she's, and the bones come up and she's like, it's over. Just cries and of go off. I was like, damn. It was just. But- it was so funny it, but was so turns out
0: it wasn't even their own universe it was like a different universe that Rick picked out so that way the consequences in their home universe doesn't come back to bite them later on it was like oh so once again to bring those expectations <laughs> to where oh is this going to have continuity and later scenes seems like nope
2: <laughs>
0: it was all an isolated incident <laughs>
1: I love this
0: episode.
1: Rick was just like extra in this episode. (laughs) Like literally, when he said this is God, that's pretty much what he played at this point.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But uh, we don't have much time left, so let's go ahead and get to episode nine. This is Child Rick of Mort. This is the one where they go on a camping trip and the family found out that Rick fucked the planet. And essentially with Beth's help. Rick try to make these children be Rick looking children, but apparently the father of the children, this Zeus looking god shows up. And meanwhile, there's like this dung people, like this uh the rejects or whatever, and Jerry leaves them because you know, Jerry kinda of get treated like a reject, especially the way summer kinda of lays into him. Um pretty much and kind of um, admitting that Summer finds Jerry useless as a father and a provider, and I was like, "Ooh, wow!" Ooh. but yeah, it was it was an okay episode too. How how'd you feel about this one?
1: It was bad writing of the Lord of the Rings movie.
2: <laughs>
1: That's my only explanation for this for this episode. Is if you had a bad Lord of the Rings writing movie. Yeah. That's what this
2: episode
1: was. <laughs> that's my only explanation. I'm leaving it there.
0: <laughs> so, uh, any anything at all for episode no. nine? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Like, that's all, honestly, like, with episode nine, it was an okay episode, but he's like, eh, yeah. I'll, so,
1: yeah. I will go back and rewatch it for entertainment purposes if I'm bored, but. It's not one that I'm like, oh, man, I just got to go back here and just just watch it. This would be one literally like if I decided to replay season four and go through every single episode, like, you know, if this episode happened to come up, I- I'll watch it. Sure. Why not? I watched the first eight. Let me go ahead and then watch this one, too, and then get on to episode 10. That's about it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: speaking of which, uh, with the little time that we have left, let's just go ahead and get to episode 10 and wrap up this episode. Uh, episode 10 of episode. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> season 4. God damn
2: it.
0: <laughs> Star Mort, Rick Turn of the Jerry. This the one where the clone of Beth or whatever, you know, from the ABCs of Beth in the last season. Basically, the clone Beth or the real Beth. It's not that clear. I don't know. I don't know, people. Space God Beth. damn it. Just-
1: just
0: call it space, space bed god damn it okay so <laughs> space bath comes to visit and apparently tammy and phoenix person comes to visit as well there's this whole battle on earth basically rick even said that yeah we're doing the star wars and they made a whole deal out of that both Beths finds out that pretty much rick is pretty much a piece of shit as a father And they pretty much don't care for his approval anymore. And, yeah. Like, they killed off Tammy. Uh, Phoenix person got dissected, defeated. Uh, Mm -hmm. Rick kind of kept him in this slab in the lab. And even Rick tried to realize that, yeah, I'm kind of a shitty father. Because even he doesn't know which one's which, where he doesn't know which one's the clone and which one's the real best. So it's like, yeah, it's one of those episodes where it's like you really realize that Rick is not all that great, even though he is a very great scientist. But as far as a father and a husband, I'm like, well, no, excuse he's, me,
1: he's smart, but he's an asshole, and he knows yeah. that. He's it's yeah. the curse of intelligence. That's one of the things that people talk about. Um, not just in this show. Um, i will make I'm making a Marvel reference in this case when. Literally, like there's so many different references about Thanos when he tells Tony Stark, he's like, you're not the only one cursed with intelligence. And it's like, you know, intelligence can be a blessing and a curse at the same time. Like one of the biggest things about it is is that you'll hear about a lot. There's a lot of really, really smart people out there. But one of the things that's most common is not everybody, but the most common thing that you hear about a lot of smart people is that they're assholes. Or it's literally like you're so intelligent that you immediately look down upon someone who's less intelligent than you. You immediately talk down to someone. Even if you don't inherently like think like that, like, like, oh, I think they're less than me. Like, You don't inherently think like that. It's the fact that because of the fact that their intelli- their conversation with you may not measure up to the level of conversation that you want to have or that you feel like you should have, that you instinctively look down on a person. And you I've heard that so many times and it's referenced in so many different things. It's like they're either assholes or they're overly cocky. And it's just literally to that point of you you look up of yourself so much that this is just what happens. And Rick is that real idolization of that. He thinks everybody is beneath him. He needs Morty because Morty is that pretty much that opposite like he's explained like it was explained before and i think it was like last season um with the evil morty where Mm -hmm. literally by having the all those mortys just having your morty around you around the rick um pretty much blocks out rick's natural brain waves that he gives out to where you don't really see it and so Mm -hmm. It becomes that point of Rick literally thinks himself above everybody. But because he's had that moment that he's thought himself above everybody and sees that everybody just calls him out on it and is at this point saying, We no longer want you anymore because of who you are and because of what you do. We don't even want to, we don't want you anymore. We don't even want to talk to you anymore. Goodbye. And that becomes that moment of him like, Damn. Because literally, Mm You know, he he doesn't know which Beth is the real Beth. He uh, he's been taking Morty into all these different adventures, and even Morty has grown tired of it. Like the like the Vat Ass episode was pretty much Morty definitely telling him, "I'm tired of your shit." Like you're me along all the yeah. time. I'm, I'm tired of your shit. And it even and Summer calls him out like you're just terrible um in the end it was just one of those moments of you know jerry was right you're an asshole this whole time and jerry's always kept saying it but everyone kept looking down on jerry for for it now we have our own reasons look down on jerry there's no longer him just calling you an asshole anymore because it's the truth you are and then even that point of like the end the end of the episode when yeah he flips over the little hidden thing in the wall on his phoenix person's dismantled body like that one was that was harsh like that was a really harsh thing. He turned it on. The Phoenix person, even dismantled, still wants to kill Rick. And he's like, I- "I'll give you some more time back there you can just and just kind of chill." He's like, "Wow, mm-hmm. I really am alone." He said, "I am really alone. I am really an asshole. <laughs> like I yeah, literally like, have no real friends."
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like he realized that not only he's a bad father, but also a bad friend. But like, even Phoenix person says so. It's like Rick said that always uh, wonder what would happen if we fought each other. And Phoenix person said, that makes you a bad friend. And I was like, ooh. Ooh. Because think about it, like, you premeditated what would happen if we fought?
1: I mean, I may ask you this then. Does that make Batman a bad friend to Superman? Mm. Because that's one of the biggest things about it. Superman himself gave Batman some kryptonite. In case something happened, because he knew Batman would be able to take him down. But Batman went so far not just to be able to take down Superman. He had plans to take down every single superhero in existence. (laughs) Not even just the Justice League. Every single superhero. He had a failsafe of being able to kill. uh, Because at first, he said it was just to neutralize. It wasn't to kill. I, I forgot which movie it was. It wasn't... Uh, I can't remember what movie it was, but in the comics, um, in the comics, it was to kill. It wasn't just neutralized. He had it planned to kill, and because in fact that was such a big thing coming I from Batman who vows to not kill. it had
0: something to do with Vandal Savage.
1: <clears throat> it did. Uh, no, not Vandal. It was al Ghul. Really? Yep. Ra's, okay. Ra's, um Rachel. Rachel got into Batman's supercomputer because he was able to easily guess um, through Batman's firewalls and passwords because he knew Batman. Remember he's he was one of the ones in that watch modulus list I was telling you about um about that villains who make their own worst bat their, their own worst enemies because you know race pretty much made Batman like Batman already be like Bruce was already on the route to becoming Batman but race is the one who taught him the League of Shadows and how to fight and how to you how to master every single weapon and everything like that. So Go figure, you know, he winds up becoming one of Batman's main villains. But it's like, I made you. <laughs> I know your stuff. Yeah. So it wasn't difficult for him to get into the supercomputer. So, but yeah, it was just literally that point of just, I got this. Like, um, like, would you really call Batman a bad friend? Because Superman still didn't really think that. He was like, I understand why you had that failsafe. safe. In fact, I told you to have a failsafe safe for me. Like, I understand that. It's just, we didn't expect you to put it for, to do something for everybody. And we didn't expect you to have it in an area that it could have easily gotten out. Because the thing about it is, not only did you have one for everybody, you hid it from everyone. None of us even knew that this is what was going on. So when we walked into a trap that pretty much almost killed all of us, we walked into it blind because you didn't prepare us for it, even though you were prepared for this situation. And it was that same thing for like Rick, you know, it was like... I always wonder what would happen if we ever fought. The fact that you even think about the fact that we were going to fight and what would have happened means that you automatically always focused on the worst of us and was fully prepared for it. That you never enjoyed us as actual friends anyway. We weren't even really friends. I looked out for you, but you never looked out for me. Then take that into account into like literally one of the most epic fucking battles <laughs> that Rick has had. Literally, Phoenix Person almost killed his ass. Like Phoenix Person literally was about to win that fight until he until what, what was it? Summer switched him off or something. It was Summer about yeah. one of the two had found his off switch and switched him off right before he delivered the killing blow to, blow to Rick. Like he was about to murk Rick. <laughs> that was about to be it. <laughs> so. No, know, Rick seemed like he was all prepared for it, but he definitely wasn't. Like you, you mechanized your whole body to be prepared for anything, even so much to the point Phoenix Person was like about to pierce his heart. He put a whole encasement chain around his heart to make sure he didn't get um pierced and shredded. But yeah, at the same time, like you still you weren't really ready. You weren't. Mm-hmm. And that's because you were so focused on that that you didn't focus on actual friendship. You could have saved Phoenix Person. You could have saved Bird Person. But you didn't. So this one was this this was a good setup for season five because now season five starts off with everybody is against Rick. Rick has already yeah. had these moments of wanting to, like he's already had multiple moments of wanting to kill himself. You know the pickle Rick episode, the episode after um, Unity when he tried to hook his brain, hook his um, head up to a little to a, a helmet. To where it was supposed to face, like, like just completely shattered, like, uh, what was it, like, melt his brain or something like that. And then he wound up just falling to the table crying right before it happened. <laughs> type of thing. And, like, the um whole Little Rick episode. Like, all of that is just literally just the fact that Rick knows that he's alone. But then he's so arrogant and cocky, with especially with how intelligent that he is. He doesn't think that he can make a difference. He doesn't even really try. Everything he thinks he's trying, he's really doing it just for selfish gain, and it always blows back up on him. Yeah. It was a deep ending it was a deep ending it was such a deep ending that it personally it it felt like it took away a lot more of the action like season one ending was good it was like really good um season two ending was fucking phenomenal. You know, you're thinking that, oh, Rick is owning up to his mistakes. He's owning up. He's turned himself in. We're going to see what happens type of shit. You know, starts off season three. Oh, no, he's still Rick. Um, (laughs) Season three ending was kind of a little lackluster at best. But then this one right here was just that moment of, Rick, you're now you pretty much might as well call yourself public enemy number one. Yeah. (laughs) Like, at this point, everyone's against you. What you about to do now?
0: Yeah, he really is the lowest tier character in the family now. At that point,
1: so yeah, that's that's my only review in the episode. Like I, I love the the action sequences. To me, it was definitely a step up from Star Wars. Like even though he kept referencing that we're doing Star Wars, it was a step up. It was definitely a good step up for me. Um, I love, I guess, it being animated was really good to me. It was like watching Clone Wars. You know, like the Clone Wars fight scenes and the Clone Wars starship battles. Like, that that's what it felt like. And then finally, finally, you know, Cammy getting that in, getting that final fucking blast to the face that everyone's been waiting for. Like, God Almighty, we've been waiting for this bitch to die. <laughs> been waiting for the past season <laughs> two. <laughs> and finally, we got it. We're like, yes! We're finally there. We finally got her killed. And his final remark says, you made me go to a wedding. I
0: don't know. Like, I, <laughs> see, here's the thing. I didn't like her and I'm kind of glad that she got killed. Like, whoa, hold on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounded bad, you but, you know. didn't like
1: her, but you were happy that she got killed. What are you saying here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, that did sound bad, but I was like, yeah, I kind of felt that we are like, aha, that's what you get, bitch. But, <laughs> My whole thing is, I just kind of wish she had more screen time than that, because, you know, I kind of wish she was like more fleshed out as a recurring villain. But you know how it is subverting those expectations once again to where, yeah, Tammy was just going to show up for like one more episode.
1: hmm. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, technically, she was damn near killed before and came back kind of half robotic. I mean, Bird Person was literally killed and then came back yeah. as person robot like fucking Frieza style um, RoboCop style like yeah. actually this is a very common trope that I'm realizing now dying <laughs> in a mecha cyborg form hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to starting to see a pattern here
2: anyway
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean all right but no, that's that's all I got for that episode. Like really, really great action. Like you, you it's a great episode to watch for action. The story, but the story is just so so deep that you know you almost forget the action. And that's weird to say. Like you you would never think that you would have something so deep that you would forget the action, but you kind of do. Like you focus so much into the story, you forget the action. And it's like, eh, it hit me more in my feels than I thought it was going to. I get the setup, but it hit me more than I thought it was going to hit me.
0: I feel you, man. I feel you. But uh, let's go ahead and wrap up today's episode of the podcast. Yes, season four. It was all right for the most part. Like, like there were some great episodes, and then there were some episodes where it was like, eh, you know, it was. It was an episode. It was watchable, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> But, yo, y'all stay with us when we come back with Season 5 of Rick and Morty. We're going to take a little break on that one because, you know, the Season 5 premiere didn't premiere just yet. Oops, excuse me, the Season 5 finale, my bad. See, I'm just (laughs) confusing my words all night. (laughs) But, yeah, the Season 5 finale didn't premiere just yet. They're going to premiere on September 5th so we're just going to wait on that and then, you know, give it some time do our research on it and get back to you with the podcast episode on that. Uh, the Adventure Time Review, we're still working on finishing that but, you know, it's just getting a hard time to schedule time for guests to come on and after that, you know, with September, October, you know, we're going to do more reviews And try to flesh out more episodes later on. But, you know, until then, stay nerdy, my friends. Great things are coming. We are zoning out.